Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Luke Smith, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Charles Leclerc continued his impressive qualifying form in 2022 by scoring his fourth pole position of the season ahead of the Spanish Grand Prix in Barcelona. Despite spinning on his first run in Q3, Leclerc bounced back in emphatic fashion to grab pole position ahead of Max Verstappen, setting up what could be another tense fight between our early season title protagonists. Carlos Sainz delighted the Spanish crowd by taking third on the grid for his home Grand Prix, while Mercedes also had reason to be cheerful, as George Russell and Lewis Hamilton took fourth and sixth place respectively, both noting the improvement in the car thanks to the Barcelona updates. Joining me to go over all of today's action in Barcelona is Autosports F1 editor Matt Q. Matt, how are you? And I must say your Aston Villa retro shirt has been uh, quite a talking point in the media centre today. Thank you very much. Yeah, first time I've uh, been asked for, for a selfie in, in the F1 paddock. I'm quite a fellow journalist, not a fan. And uh, yeah, got a couple of comments. I'm quite, quite pleased with that. I was worried. I, I had to ask you for a sense check last night. Am I going to look sort of mildly cretinous uh, in, in the paddock walking around in a football jersey but I thought a retro one is, was borderline it's very tasteful I must say I Thank think you. it works the, it only, the only sort of downside is uh, it's, it's quite a thick weave uh, mm-hmm. a, a dense fabric and uh, in the scorching temperatures we've had today it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not been uh, it's, it's not been well ventilated in, in this corner of the, of the press room let's say no it's been a very warm day in Barcelona and it made for a very interesting qualifying session but as I said in the intro it's another pole position for Charles Leclerc and Ferrari it does seems to be that that car works better on a Saturday than it does on a Sunday but that lap from Leclerc when you spin it on your first run you've got one shot you've got to make it count he rung every last tenth out of that car it seemed what did you make of his pole position lap that final 10 minutes of Q3 was this 2022 season in a nutshell if you had to say to someone who you know was away in the Arctic from Friday in Bahrain to where we are now you go 
Leclerc, brilliant over one lap when it matters, proves he's still got a driver error in him, and Verstappen hobbled by Red Bull on reliability every now and again. It was a real good little microcosm of the season so far. It was a good lap. Um, it's, it's one of those things where I've, I've rewatched the onboard and thought, ah, absolutely nailed that. But Leclerc himself, well, I think there was a couple of moments on it, not necessarily losing time, but a couple of things where it wasn't quite perfect. And um, he was asked in the press conference, you know, is that, is that right up there? Is it a good one? Is that usual spiel of, yeah, I was pleased with it, but, you know, I'm not going to stick my neck on the line. But yeah, a, a mega lap. And um, rather than take it tentative where he made a mistake, he did that sort of um, uh, more exciting thing to watch is basically find a limit. Right, I know where that is. I've overstepped that, so I'll dial it back to 99.9%, and, and he, he smashed it. He didn't lose time through there looking at his micro sector. So, yeah, mega, mega effort. It's quite a Gilles Villeneuve uh, approach, isn't it, towards towards driving? Maybe he got some inspiration for driving the uh, 3112 a, a few weeks back at, the, at Fiorano. That'd be some... Uh, Absolutely. He's done, his, he's done his historic car runs in reverse, hasn't he? He's dropped, yeah. he's dropped his first lap like the uh, Nicola Alda car, and then uh, he's done, done a bit of a Villeneuve at the end. Fantastic work from Charles Leclerc. But as you said, that spin, it was a driver error. Talk us through that, what happened there, and is this going to count against him in the driver ratings? Does that go down as a major error? I, I'm going to say no so far, but okay. we, we have like strict guidelines. So when, so when you know, there's complaints about driver ratings from the drivers that do read them, we're going to go, well, sort of, I'm going to bail myself out here by referring to the code and, and that we do have certain parameters they fit in. So I'm, I'm undecided yet, but we'll, we'll have another look. Um, but it was, I, I did ask him, and I, I, not that I was trying to give them an excuse, but you look at, you know, how, how easily that car spat signs off in Miami, obviously Leclerc binning it over the curbs and Imbler, like, is this F175? Is it a bit of a knife edge racer? You know, what was a slide in a previous generation car and a ground effect Ferrari? Is it now that's an instant spin? And he said, no, drive, driver mistake. Interestingly, Sainz said, yeah, it is a bit like that. But the clerk said, no, it was a basic mistake. And, and it was a, sort of a bit of a case in point or a bit of a repeat of Imola where he's got the bit between his teeth. Turn 14, that, you know, that first left-hander through the 90 degree each way chicane. He was just too greedy over, over the curbs. Uh, the rear end goes and yeah, he, he just can't catch it. Um, it didn't quite quite interesting is that came off the off his Q2 run where I think he was only um, what was he he was uh, seventh in Q2 because he, he did one run on a U set of softs so whereas that might have been an advantage in the race because we're expecting several stops tomorrow he sort of he's now been neutralised because when he span and corrected he obviously stamped on the anchors to stop beaching it into the gravel and, and causing a red flag and that locked up all fours and, and flat spotted so his tactic that worked really shrewdly in QT is sort of is, is now been now been equalised against Verstappen but yeah drive, drive error of that one but you know depending on what happens tomorrow he, he still still be in the top echelons of uh, autosports driver ratings absolutely and you mentioned Max Verstappen there P2 three tenths of a second of pole position which given how close it's been between the top three teams so far this weekend that's a, a fair old margin but he was hamstrung for that final run in Q3 by a DRS issue. Where can you talk us through that? Yeah, so originally it seemed it seemed like a power issue because he's uh you know he starts his final flying lap like yes this is climax of Q3. Um and particularly because Leclerc sort of to make amends from his errors like, I'm not taking any chances of getting stuck in traffic. So headed out with sort of you know three and a half minutes to go I think it was everyone else left it a bit later to sort of get the track at its best. So yeah Verstappen Verstappen's coming in right this is it you know who, who's going to get this sort of quite important pole. And then uh, he, he backs out of it completely at turn three. And, and when, you know, I think most of us, when we first watched that, and maybe even Verstappen himself, because he said over radio, I've lost power, I've lost power. And then you see him lifting through turn three, you think, uh, and, you know, has a Red Bull engine gone pop Here again? Here we go again, yeah. yeah. Precisely. But actually, it was another Red Bull fault, and one they have had before last year, but um, the DRS didn't open down the main straight. 
Uh, a couple of other protagonists, I think the Haas, Haas guys in particular, also had, had the same problem. But a bit like Verstappen, a bit like Verstappen did when he still took pole in Zandvoort, is he thumbed it, it's not open, and sort of down a, a medium length straight like at Spain, like at Zandvoort, it's about three tenths. So, you know, by the time he's, he's, he's turning into, well, I imagine, you know, by the time he's going into turn one, he's, you know, breaking and realise he's not, he's, he's got much less speed to scrub off, you know, you know, the game's, game's over. But, you know, the inverse to, inverse to Leclerc, he, his first, Banker lap in, in Q3 was mega the fastest lap of the weekend at that point so you know still enough to get second but a bit of a distant one Looking at the long run pace you did the analysis obviously on Friday for autosport.com crunching the numbers and it does seem to be working in Red Bull's favour similar to, to Miami where yeah they, they were behind Ferrari in qualifying and then come the race they were in a league of their own really George Russell he spoke after qualifying and said that like, I think Red Bull are going to run away with it. I think Max is just a step ahead basically from the numbers you looked at, does that tally? It did when I was doing my numbers on Friday night, absolutely. So, you know, the long run pace, Verstappen was incredibly consistent and his average lap was sort of a 1 minute 26 flat, whereas Leclerc was nearly seven tenths adrift of that as, as a main charge on a comparative run. Um, but there are, of course, always nuances to it. First one being that Verstappen sort of woke up on, on Saturday morning and Red Bull put him on a qualifying specific program in FP3 to really sort of tweak the setup to get the one lap pace thinking we've got a bit in hand here we can go for the one lap pace and that's come as Ferrari in FP3 no, they did they did long runs again to sort of because they realised yeah, damn it we're so far behind with our long run pace compared to Ferrari and like in Imola like in Miami we've got this real tyre degradation issue so we need to focus on that so there's been that offset from both teams that you know, Ferrari have focused on their race pace this morning. Verstappen's focus, or Red Bull have focused on the one lap pace. They've converged there. And then you've got the other elements of, are these cars actually over, easier to overtake? This will be a good litmus test, a difficult track. And, you know, that importance of pole position. So, and I suppose if you want to go a step further, we've had bad starts from Verstappen and Leclerc and Sainz this year. So, you know, I suppose, I, I'm not sitting on the fence, I'm not paid to say this, but it's a good race to tune in. We were we were wandering back to the back to the hire car this evening. Um, no no decent car parking antics like an Imola, Luke. But um, we were walking back and I had to sort of turn around and said, actually, I'm, I'm fairly excited for tomorrow. There's, uh, you know, the data at the end of Friday night, I thought, well, right, I can start writing my race report now in effect. But um, it's really sort of changed at the end of Saturday. Yeah, it should be very interesting indeed. And the other factor to consider in that for the first time really this year is Mercedes. They seem to be back in the picture, maybe not right up there fighting for race wins and pole positions. But after such a miserable start to the season, so many struggles with this porpoising problem that's blighted George Russell and Lewis Hamilton so much, the upgrades they bought to Barcelona appear to have worked. Both drivers said they're no longer bouncing along the straights, so that's great. Bouncing through the corners still, but they can feel more grip, basically. They can run the car lower, so that helps with the, with the ground effects, obviously. It does look like Mercedes have taken a big step forward. Is this the start of the Mercedes remontada, which was the name of Barcelona's great comeback against PSG? Uh, probably a stone's throw away from where we are staying right now. Uh, is our Mercedes, are they back? I'm not going to go that far, but I think there's a heck of a lot more reason to be more confident than when Russell did that sort of halo time in Miami FP2. And thought, like, oh, yeah, here we go. They're, you know, back, back at the top and oh, they're sandbagging in, in so far in the early part of the season. And there's, there's several reasons for that. One is, like you say, the drivers are happy, which they weren't. They came away from Miami going, oh, you know, or that practice session going, well, the times are quick, but we have no idea why, because I'm still feeling the same sort of bouncing sensation in the car. Whereas we've come here, they've got the upgrades. And this is a track, obviously, they have a huge data set from, from, uh, from pre-season testing, in the, although it's not officially called this, the A-spec car as opposed to the B-spec car. And that, you know, they, can, they can see where the upgrades have helped, 
only bouncing in uh, turns three and nine, which are the higher speed corners here, and obviously a bit of a bit of a slow average speed. And I think as well, the long run pace certainly puts Russell um, sort of between the Red Bulls and Ferraris. Having Mercedes having had this sort of damage limitation so far this season where they've really been a distant third and actually falling down in the super times between like Alpine and McLaren. They've always sort of hung on to that third. Now they could be a second. And I think they could have probably qualified a bit better. Their, their sort of racing driver excuse, if you like, is that um, the Has, Has cars in particular, having both been fined, were really slow out of the, um, out of the pit lane because, well, you know, such scorching temperatures, they're trying to preserve their tyre life. But, Russell and Hamilton's argument is well they didn't respect the delta so we've we've followed our plan they've gone too slowly so we've been hobbled by their dirty air and our tyres have overheated before we've even set a lap so they think there is time left on the table so fourth and sixth I think is the best team qualifying performance of the season could have been perhaps third and the fourth. Well, that's what George Russell said after. He said, we didn't get the tyres in that right window and the third could have been possible had we hooked everything up. So I think it speaks volumes that after such a positive day on the face of things, even then they're still going, yeah, there's still time to find though. Lewis Hamilton, he was he was more upbeat, but he said, like, I still don't understand why I'm losing out to George. Like where I am, he said, I'm still not comfortable with the car. The rear, he said, I'm, I was particularly where I am struggling. So definitely work for the seven-time world champion to do. Looking at the race tomorrow, George Russell, he reckons Mercedes could be in with the fight with Ferrari, which given Ferrari on pole is quite a good omen. He also said he reckons it's going to be a, quote, chaotic race because of the tyre deck, and that's going to be so decisive. Again, looking at the times, Mercedes, Ferrari, could that be a fight that we see play out tomorrow? I think so. So again, to refer back to this sort of um, long run data that spent a lot of time looking at on Friday night, the lap times are the spread of the Mercedes is, is a lot sort of narrower. They're sort of the high 25s, low 26s, whereas, whereas uh, the Ferraris in practice, they were in the good 25s and then ended up well into the 27s. So there's a much bigger spread. And as I mentioned, you know, they have done this FP3 thing to focus on, on, um, on their long run pace. But we've also got the thing, a few people are speaking to today saying, actually the soft tire might be a good race tire here. And, but, the other school of thought is if you stick to that go, it's a good race car, uh, race tire, and it's you know a lot faster than the mediums, three, four stops. To to use Russell's exact phrase, it could be it could be quite chaotic, and it'll be one of those. You know, obviously we're very privileged to be here covering Formula One, but I'm a bit bit worried about tomorrow. It's going to be a hard race to follow. To sum up, I think it might be quite a bit bitty, and you know that sort of uh, the good one where potentially the winning is only revealed sort of in the final final 10 laps that's kind of what we want isn't it we want to see those kind of races where it's maybe the pitch is a bit clouded but i remember was it canada 2010 where everyone was on different strategies and it wasn't until the very end you worked out and that's i think when f1 realized oh shoot if we have really like super quickly degrading tires we're onto a winner here so i think yeah it could be really exciting i think as we were walking out and chatting about sort of possibilities and i said oh there could be a four-stop strategy to win it tomorrow or something and i think yeah it's it's an exciting it's an exciting picture which for Barcelona is not something you would normally be saying exactly I do think uh, we sort of need it because the 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 way science described it is you know these cars are better at following but it's an offset so Spain isn't now an easy track to overtake but instead of being insanely difficult to overtake at it's now very difficult and and you know and uh, a medium difficulty track and now a slightly easier track so there is an offset but 
what the same driver signs were saying at the end of play is actually I think now temperatures are too hot that we're going to almost be in a 2021 situation where sat in dirty air the tyres going to be overheating at the best of times so even though we've had the reduction in the dirty air there's still going to be enough there to, for the rubber to go yeah no thanks don't really fancy that and, and then having that delta that pace in abundance to overtake the car in front Perhaps it will be a bit of a tidy affair, and uh, and we'll be done nice and early tomorrow, Luke. If that's Joy. the case, that would be that would be a uh, a pleasure in many ways. But obviously, we do want the best possible race we can see. One team that's been in the news a lot and been on AllSport.com a lot so far this weekend is Aston Martin and the green Red Bull and all of the, sort of the the backlash from that Red Bull saying uh, Helmut Marko said it's an unbelievable copy that Aston Martin produced FIA checked it and cleared it Red Bull are now focused on their own internal investigation to make sure there's been no leak of IP or anything so it's been a, a real case that it does seem maybe a bit of a storm in a teacup maybe something's going to run and run but it's uh, yeah definitely the first big political drama I think this year but the green Red Bull it didn't deliver this kind of big step forward we expected. Both Aston Martins dropped out in Q1. Were you surprised to see them not advance even through the first session? I I think naturally you expect them to take a a step forward. And and considering, you know, particularly we're coming away from testing going, you know, you you could throw a blanket over sort of everyone ahead of Williams, but behind sort of Mercedes. And, you know, you really, the midfield so tightly compact that, any any update could really swing the order. So you expect them to take a step forward, even though they have been sort of really below par. But I think, you know, it comes back to, they have introduced a wholesale new looking car here, you know, potentially different philosophy, how much they, you know, they say they've been working on it since November and this concept has been worked in tandem with the original spec car since launch. But now they're putting their basically theory into practice. They're having to learn a new car. So while their long run pace again was good, when they, when they switched it over to one lap stuff, the balance went. And I think perhaps it just comes from a lack of understanding. So you had that situation where um, I think it was, you know, Vettel was, was on the threshold. And then, um, and then Ricardo and I think it was Gasly improved late on to, to drop him and, and uh, Fernando Alonso out in, in Q3. And, and Sainz was, uh, was much further back. So I think they go away to, to like both drivers having complained about the balance of the car just going... Perhaps you take the rough with the smooth. This is this is a rough part. We need to understand what unlocks this car, what makes it tick, and hopefully it'll pay dividends later on. But I suppose the flip side to that is, you know, same with Ferrari having bought upgrades for 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 this race, but you know, potentially falling behind Red Bull in 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 the Grand Prix tomorrow is that you kind of want them to work out the box, don't you, to give you that real step change? Because we know Red Bull have got more to come, or Mercedes have seemingly had a really good step forward with your upgrade. That's that's the sort of desired effect. Aston Martin's group, well, we don't really understand this car so much now. Now, one other person who was left disappointed after qualifying was Lando Norris, who would have made it through to Q3 only for his lap in Q2 to be deleted due to a track limits breach at Turn 12. And he said after qualifying, I must be the first person ever to lose a lap time because of a track limits breach there. There are actually three drivers who lost a, a lap throughout the all of qualifying at that same point of the circuit. So, yeah, it's left Lando in uh, out, of, out of the top 10. He's got a fight back to do tomorrow. He said he's been struggling a bit this weekend, not feeling too well, a bit under the weather, battling a, a, a bit of a cold. Uh, he said it's definitely not COVID and just a disclaimer for anyone listening thinking oh Luke seems a bit bunged up uh yeah I think I've picked something up but having just tested not COVID so that's all good but with Lando he yeah he was pretty frustrated about that track limits breach that being deleted and it does come back I guess to the white line versus gravel debate doesn't it and the purists would say well no the the gravel that's it that should be where the limit is F1 race control this year have been quite firm in saying, no, the white line is the edge of the track. If you go over it, that's it. Where do you sit on that debate? 
I think I think what's playing to see so far this year, whether it's whether it's the jewellery or, or or whatever, is this new premiership. It can't be this year after the bitter taste left in everyone's mouth after Abu Dhabi and, and basically them turning around, Well, you don't understand it, dear fans. This is your fault in a way. <laughs> it, it cannot it absolutely cannot be with this new premiership, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. They're really trying to distance themselves. And that comes by almost being a bit draconian in the application of the laws. You know, this is over the mark. Oh, and there's that sort of weird sort of almost contradiction where we'll let drivers self-police uh, but in this area we're going to be really really strict and strict stricter and stricter and I I, I sort of side with uh, with Lando and, and sort of the school of thought it was only a marginal violation at the best time I mean I, I having known he had his lap time deleted I then rewatched the lap and I was like oh it's, it's still very marginal like you really have to be tuned into that and I, I don't want to sort of you know, compare it to Alonso calling the, the steward in sort of incompetent on Friday, which was an amazing bit of, <laughs> bit of uh, amazing coming out from Fernando Alonso. Just sort of, he really was. I asked him a sort of, I know it's a slight tangent, but I asked him a fairly like simple and open question about the Indy 500. I was like, oh, he's in a bit of a foul mood. And then you teed him up nicely. He's like, oh, this is why it's in a bad mood. He ain't happy. Um, but anyway, I, I think it's just that sort of thing of potentially needless. I know, I know it's this thing about still early in the season, you want to set precedents and this will be held up in a driver's briefing later on and go, this was allowed, this wasn't. But when you've got a, a gravel trap there and we've seen how much sort of, you know, these cars running wide, how much it can damage them. That's why Gasly missed so much of, of, um, of FP2 having run wide. And it's also why Norris had a new chassis for today because he ran wide. So in some areas with these cars running so low and so stiff, exceeding track limits can, with, with a gravel on the outside or, or a big sausage cup. They're sort of self-policing. So yeah, maybe maybe a bit of too much this one. Yeah, definitely a debate that's going to go on, I think, on the stewarding front. Fernando Alonso today as well said uh, that he had a quite an animated chat with uh, FI President Mohammed Ben Salim uh, on Friday, but apparently no no apologies or anything like that. Just continue this this conversation. So uh, that's a story that's going to run and run. But in the meantime, it is the Spanish Grand Prix tomorrow. It's going to be, I think, a very interesting race. I know Spain, it's not known for being the most thrilling track in the world, the most thrilling race, but with the tyre deck being so high, with the heat being so like so high, as well I think it's going to be a more interesting one than usual hopefully and uh, yeah perhaps the latest installment of this great fight between Leclerc and Verstappen at the start of the season Matt thank you very much for joining me I think we're going to go off and find some dinner somewhere in Barcelona so uh, yeah sure we'll find some tapas or something suitably themed but uh, yeah in the meantime make sure you please join us for tomorrow's post-race recap we'll have the full podcast going through everything that happened in the Spanish Grand Prix all of the big talking points and of course stay tuned to autosport.com tomorrow because we'll have the live blog as usual through the race and all of the news and analysis from the track. We will see you tomorrow. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.